The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. everybody to another edition of MLB DFS Quick Hits, your Thursday, August 3rd edition. Got a three-game early, ten-game main slate to attack. Hope everybody had a good Wednesday and is ready for their Thursday slate of action. Um, we'll get into the slates real quick, but let's first take a look at your weather. By the way, how'd that Weaver 4800 bucks turn out? God, I love when those little ones Make it happen, but uh, let's get at it. Roof in Milwaukee because that's good. There's rain in the Midwest. Diamondbacks Cubs around 40 to 50 percent chances at game time that it kind of dwindles off and comes back later. Could be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Will be humid in Chicago. Mets Rockies looks fine. So your three game slate is got some ugly weather like yesterday. As we head to the evening though. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh should start out okay as the night goes on. The weather gets worse, but if these numbers stay the same, we should be just fine. Um, Baltimore is going to be very, very humid. Nice hitting environment there between the Tigers and the Orioles. Yankees, Indians, two of the better pitchers on the slate. Very, very, very humid, like 80%. And you got chances of rain, but that dwindles as the night goes on. Maybe a late start there. White Sox, Red Sox. Red Sox got rained out last night. White Sox come to town. Wind blowing out hard to left field. Very humid as well. Some good hitting environments in the Midwest to Northeast area. As we go down, um, Texas, Minnesota is going to be extremely cold. We're talking in the 50s for this time of year. It is going to be humid. Slight, slight chances of rain. A good pitching environment in Minnesota between the Rangers and the Twins. Two value pitchers we can target. Seattle, Kansas City, wind blowing in from left field in Kansas City. Nice looking game there. And that's just about do it. Uh, a little warm in uh, Anaheim, but not crazy. So some rain to keep an eye on. Definitely no sleeping on that. But most of most importantly, we've got a couple of nice hitting environments, pitching environments. lot to like. Your totals. On the day slate, Cardinals, Brewers, 8.5. D-backs, Cubs, we're waiting on the... The official weather forecast, so we don't have a total yet. Mets, Rockies, Coors Field, 12 and a half. As we go to the evening slate, we have Reds, Pirates, 9. Tigers, Orioles, 10 and a half. Yankees, Indians, 8 and a half. White Sox, Red Sox, 10. 
Dodgers Braves eight and a half. Rangers Twins were waiting on it because AJ Griffin is making his return, so they haven't put a total out yet. Rays Astros nine and a half. Mariners Royals nine and a half. Phillies Angels eight and a half. A's Giants eight and a half. So not many to load totals. You got some eight and a half, like a good amount for once, but as a whole, no eights or below. So more hitting to enjoy the season of the long ball. Well, let's get out of your three-game early slate real quick for you. You got Cards at Brewers, D-backs at Cubs, Mets at Rockies. The pitchers you're targeting, uh, Michael Walker at 9,700 at Milwaukee. He's been outstanding. Big strikeout upside there, so you're looking that direction. And then you got Granke and Quintana. I go cheaper. You save uh, 2,100 to get Quintana against an Arizona team, as I say again. Not good on the road. You saw Arietta was great. Remember, Le- Lester was just fine. If you didn't walk, guys. And Arizona is actually worst in baseball, WRC plus, I believe, against left-handed pitching. So Quintana's in a very good spot there. If you want to pay for Granky, I got no problem with it. The Cubs, as many should know by now, my feelings on them. But I would, uh, I'd stick with uh, Waka Quintana. But then again, you also know I don't like playing three-game slates. I'll dabble in them just for some degenerate action, but I don't go heavy like I do heavy uh, price-wise or anything like I do on a day or a real slate. If you're looking at bats, you're looking at the St. Louis bats versus Milwaukee because Matt Garza's in town. Great hitting environment. Garza gets hit by lefties very well. It's righties as well, but uh, Cardinals bats are cheap, which will help you get some more Coors action since you're also paying up for pitching. So you're looking at some Cardinals bats. Carpenter got scratched yesterday, so see if he's in the lineup. Be a nice, cheaper first base option in that one. If you want to fade Quintana or Granke, you'll be uber contrarian. It's one way to save money, but then, you know, Pick your poisons elsewhere. It's not a horrible move, but uh, you're going to Coors. Montero pitching for, for the Mets, Marquez for Colorado. Marquez is 13th best on the barrel fifth the last 30 days. Striking out almost 30%, but uh, we know who Marquez is. He's not the best pitcher in the world. The Mets bats are loving Coors so far, but Colorado versus Montero is outstanding. Get your lefties in there. Get your righties even, but your lefties for sure. Blackman had an off night last night. doesn't happen very often. I'd put him right back in there again today. So that's where you're looking at your three-game slate. I'm going Waka Quintana, sprinkle some Granky if you want. If you want to go really, really, really contrarian, you just hope Marquez can fool the Mets and Coors. I just I can't pitch Coors, guys. But those are the angles you're going on your day slate. Now let's more importantly get to your 10-game evening slate. And this is where it gets really fun. Your top-priced arm is Alex Wood at 11-4 at the Braves. Um, I'm not doing it. So far this week, I've taken a stand and knock on wood, it's where Keiko got hit around a bit, Sale got blown up. I'm not saying Wood's going to get blown up. The Braves strike out a ton. He should be able to rack up some strikeouts. You just, well, A, he faced the Braves two starts ago in LA, four and two thirds, nine hits, seven earned, two homers, four walks, four Ks for minus 3.3. Now, obviously, that's nothing to really go off of as he's been good, but then he only had 17 points his last start against the Giants. He got four more earned runs in seven innings. Five Ks, he has five, four, and four Ks his last three starts. I said the Braves do strike out a lot. Wood's got good K upside. But at that price tag, he's going to have to get you a lot of points. We're talking, I want 25-plus out of that at least. And he's in a great hitting environment there against a a Braves team who isn't horrible against left-handed pitching. They do have the lowest total on the board. If you want to go that way, knock yourself out. I'm going to save some money. And I'm going to kick my night off with Corey Kluber at $11,000. At home against the New York Yankees. Big series for the Indians to kind of make the statement that, hey, we're still the big dogs around here. And the Yankees want to say, hey, look, we made some moves. We're here to stay. 
Uh, we're not going away just yet. You got Kluber coming off one of his worst starts of the year, but he still got you 23.7 points, giving up four earned and six and a third because he struck out 12. Last three starts, 12, 14, 12 in the K area. He's um, outstanding. I really don't know how to say this any better. Like, Kluber is just that good. Um, last 30 days, he's fourth best on the barrel. FIP, getting barrel 2.94% of the time with the part. I love the most. Only Chris Sale's done it better the last 30 days by 0.3%. Corey Kluber, 41.18% strikeout rate in his last 30 days. That's just nuts. The Yankees strike out 22.5% of the time versus righties. Um, and mentioned over and over again, they're not the same team. Look, they just got shut down by Jordan Zimmerman and Anibal Sanchez at home. And Cleveland is a better pitching environment. So it's a great, great matchup. Anybody can get hit. I know this. They do have talent in that lineup, but mine. You got Chase Headley at first. You got Todd Frazier, who's a home runner. He's three to, three to four strikeouts. Uh, Didi's playing well. Second base is always a question mark right now. Um, you know, Judge can always run into one. You got Ellsbury batting second. Gardner's okay. Then you got Sanchez behind the dish. You got decent bats, but there's a lot of mistakes in between those. And if those mistakes don't, you know, find lightning in a bottle. You can, you can work around this lineup, and Kluber's very, very good at 11,000. I will not be avoiding him. I hope people avoid him because they see the Yankees because I'm all over him. If he, if he struggles, he struggles. Uh, next up, I'll go Rick Porcello, 9,700 at home against the Chicago White Sox. He was supposed to face Cleveland last night. I wanted nothing to do with that. Facing the White Sox, different story. Yeah, uh, only 13.6 points his last start, but prior to that, 22-3, 17-5, I'll take all three of those. Facing a White Sox team with a team total of 419, lefties 293, righties 315 off of uh, Porcello. And um, they strike out almost 23% of the time versus right-handed pitching. Porcello is a big 240 favorite, big, bigger than Alex Wood. So I like that a lot. Uh, he strikes out almost 20%, doesn't walk many. The scary part is the hard contact on the season's 41.7%. Um, last 30 days, he is 14th worst on the barrel FIP. Getting barreled 6.34% of the time, striking out 19% over that time frame. But he has been better, like I said, in three of his last four starts. And the White Sox offense is bad, really, really bad. They're worth targeting day in and day out. They'll have a good game here or there. But it's a great one to target, and Porcello at 97 has really, really strong upside. Next up, we will go to Mr. Sonny Gray making his debut for the New York Yankees in Cleveland. 8800 bucks, nice price tag for Sonny Gray. This guy has been nothing short of outstanding. Here's his game logs, 27-3, 20.9. 25.7, 20.5, That is a nice little run there, folks. I don't know about you, but I am all over that. Now, he is facing a Cleveland team that is very good at baseball. No sugarcoating that. Gray, uh, they strike out a little, little over 19% of the time. Gray striking out 23.5. Ground ball rate of 56.7, which is outstanding. We love to roll with that. Team total of 441, lefties 300, righties 336. So righties have had success against him. Um, there's a lot of thump in that lineup. No sugarcoating that. We don't know how Gray's nerves will be. You know, first first start outside of an A's uniform. First start with the Yankees. Big trade piece. It was a big deal. There's a lot of things that could be going on in his head. So it could be a weird factor. 
Uh, I, I kind of want to put a little lineup of Cleveland bats in it, at least one or two bats, just to see what happens. But I like Gray at, at that price tag with the upside he does have. Big K stuff, uh, 80 under bucks. I will definitely be looking hard at Sonny Gray. Last guy in this 8K range, his price tag has jumped. You're getting him at 45, then 52, then 69, then 7K. He's up to 83 hundred dollars he's at home against the philadelphia phillies parker bridwell really really good stuff his game large 24 1 18 2 22 1 23 3 his last four starts even an 18.2 and five of his last six he had, he had a hiccup against seattle but really really good stuff here with bridwell finding his own um ground ball the fly ball's been outstanding one and runner less than four of those last five um when you look at Bridwell, the Phillies strike out almost 24% of the time versus righties. K percentage is only 16% for Bridwell. That's coming up because of swinging strike rate of over 10%. Hard contact's on his way down, but still not good at 34.1. So there's things to worry about, but a lot of that was early on. He's looked phenomenal of late. He's facing a Phillies team with the second lowest total on the board at 397. Righties, uh, lefties hit 339. Righties 308 versus Bridwell. So they do have a lot of lefties in that Phillies lineup. Something to think about. But as a whole, Bridwell makes for a very nice play. We saw Jose Ramirez did last night, which we liked a ton. Nolasco the night before, given we got them in the 6K range. We're paying up for Bridwell, but on a night where I don't like a lot of the options, he could be a nice GPP play because I don't think a lot of guys are going to want to pay for him there. So it'll be intriguing. If he can get you 20-plus year in business. So obviously up top, you got Kluber by himself. And then in this next range, I go uh, Bridwell 1, Sonny, uh, Priscello 2, Sonny Gray 3, and I think Sonny Gray's got tremendous upside. I just don't know where his head's at, and that, that worries me a little bit, to be honest. Let's go down below. I got four punts, 6,700 or below. We kick it off with Alberto Mejia of the Minnesota Twins at home against the Texas Rangers. Yes, the Texas Rangers. Terrifying, I know. I understand. But uh, outside of his last start at Oakland, his last three home starts, 13-6, 14-4, 14-2, even a 17-8 at home. So his last four home starts, basically 14 or more points, which is really, really good at 6,700 bucks. He's consistent. Gives up a little, doesn't strike out a ton. We're looking at Mejia. Texas strikes out 25.4% of the time versus lefties. Mejia's K rate's up over 18% finally, which is which is nice to see. Still walks too many guys, but everything else has come down to, to the respectable numbers. And he's facing Texas, whose team total is not yet determined. Lefties at 383, righties 332, but Texas is really, really bad versus left-handed pitching. Woba of only 295, average ISO of 145, and as I mentioned, it's a very nice hitting or pitching environment in Minnesota tonight. Uh, Alberto will be very overlooked because many will not put uh, pitchers against Texas, so he is on the list of punt options. Below him, a chalky one that uh, he should be chalky, and rightfully so. Trevor Cahill of the San Diego Pod, or now the Kansas City Royals, $6,200. Uh, going up at home against the Seattle Mariners. It'll be Cahill's first start at home as a Royal. Uh, first start as a Royal was at Boston, got beat up pretty good. But overall in the year, Cahill's been very, very solid. Had a DL stint that kind of sh- slowed him down a bit. Big strikeout stuff from Cahill, which we do like to see. Um, when you go through his numbers, Seattle striking out about 22% of the time versus righties. Cahill with that nice 26.2% K rate, insane swinging strike rate. 
and a 56.7% ground ball rate, which is often overlooked in my opinion with Cahill. You think this year the swinging strike and all that good stuff. Lefty's only hitting 287 off Cahill. Righty's 316. And, you know, Seattle has some power from time to time. You know, some days they show up, some days they don't. You don't know what you're getting there. Cano's been uber consistent. But other than that, it's just you, you never know which guy's going to show up on a given night. So when you're getting Cahill at 6200 bucks, a guy that we've seen with the ability to get 20-plus points rather easily, we've also seen the ability to get blown up. So that's why I think he's priced down here. I think he's one of the better punt options on the evening. But like I said, he should be rather chalky. Going down to uh, one that I think no one's going to want to touch, and I think it's very, very intriguing to me. A.J. Griffin, $6,000 at the Minnesota Twins. Griffin making his return from the minors uh, rehabbing. He had, what was I reading? Uh, there he is. Four rehab starts where he's very, very good. A 277 ERA, 15 to 3 K to walks in 13 innings. Um, they're saying he's all stretched out, shouldn't be in a li- any limitations. Things are good to go, according to reports I was reading. Uh, and he's going into Minnesota. Again, a very nice pitching environment tonight. Um, Griffin's been pretty good, sneaky. He's got, you know, blow-up potential, but also good stuff. Minnesota strikes out 22.4% of the time versus righties. K had a tw- or Griffin had a 21% K rate, doesn't walk many. But the problem is lots of fly balls and a lot of hard contact. So, got to keep the ball in the park. That's the biggest thing. Bright side is uh, righty's only hit 314, but lefty's 396. So, he's got to be watching out for like Kepler's, Rosario's, even Joe Maurer, I guess. But Griffin at 6K, I think, is a very sneaky, sneaky punt play. And the last one, if you want to put your balls on the table, and this is one I have a feeling I will be using because no one will, or not many. Matt Boyd of the Detroit Tigers at the Baltimore Orioles. When I was looking over this stuff last night, it was just staring straight in my face going, you have to put this in a lineup with a, with one of the better arms, even a Kluber. You put this with Kluber, you get all the bats in the world. If you drop down into the nines and eights, you will literally have every bat you possibly could want. Or if you want to be super contrarian in big tournaments, you play those, and you still don't get all the bats. You get cheaper bats, leave money on the table. There are so many options. The way you've seen home runs lately, you can leave money on the table as long as it's a guy you think has tremendous power upside. When I when I name off outfielders, I say, look at this guy at you know 4K, this guy at 35 are all really good plays. Sometimes they are, and sometimes, you know, if they're going to hit a home run, why would you pay up for a guy that, you know, has the same value when he can be contrarian? There's just ways to go about it. But I know it's hard to leave money on the table. Totally get it. But back to Matt Boyd. Three starts since returning to the bigs. 12.1 in Kansas City. Okay, getting his feet wet. Still through six solid, three earned. Uh, only three Ks. At Minnesota, 23.3. Six innings, four hits, three earned, three walks, eight Ks. This is the one that really caught my eye. Last start out at home against the Houston Astros. 19.7 points, seven and a third. Eight hits, three earned, zero walks, five strikeouts. He does have about a one-to-one ground ball to fly ball, which is always scary, especially in Baltimore where the ball likes to fly. We also got to watch out for potential rain in Baltimore. But Matt Boyd, we don't, like I, he's given up three runs in each three of his starts. He's given up a home run in two of his three. He's going to give up runs. He's $5,000. But the upside is tremendous. It's a lot like Weaver last night. 
the Brew Crew can crush. You, when he gave up that homer to Thames in the first, how many people that played him were like, oh, crap. But the strikeout potential is always a big thing. And with Baltimore, they strike out 24.4% of the time versus left-handed pitching. When old boy's on a big K guy, but that comes in handy. The hard contact's there. There's no sugarcoating it. 37.2%. The walks are something to worry about, 15.8%. But it's in, Baltimore's got a high total of 5.4. Lefties, 288. Righties, 351. But as a whole, Baltimore, you know, they have tons of power versus lefties, but not a ton of consistent offense, if that makes sense. Because the Woba's 309. The ISO's 163. A 5K, Boyd, is extremely enticing. And in all reality, if he throws up just five, six points, how many times have you played an outfielder? At, hey, Charlie Blackman last night at 5,500 didn't do much either. Matt Boyd at 5K is the gamble I will be taking. So to recap, you're pitching up top, Kluber, all by himself. Then you got in the middle, Bridwell, Barcelo, Gray. And then down below, Matt Boyd is my number one. Cahill, number two. Griffin, three. Mejia, four. Griffin and Mejia, you can interchange if you want. But uh, I am on the Boyd train, and I will sink or swim with that. But honestly, if he just doesn't get destroyed for like minus 12 points, you can still cash with the upside you'll get everywhere else. Um, so there's a lot to like here with that matchup. Now we want to talk matchups. We got guys that might be hitting Boyd. Let's talk about the bats. How about it? Catchers. I have no idea. Oh, I know what it was. Okay. A nice uh, listener hit me up yesterday when I was wondering, or a couple days ago with Seattle, what was their deal? Darvish was scheduled to pitch, got traded. The Yankees are priced through the roof because uh, I believe it had to do with the rainout last night, even though Kluber wasn't the scheduled starter in Boston. That's my only guess. Because there's zero reason Gary Sanchez should be $5,300 versus Corey Kluber. Uh, either DraftKings, I'm assuming, thought Bauer was going to pitch, get pushed back. Maybe not. I don't know. But the clue bot at 53. One thing I will mention, right now they have Porcello pitching for Boston. I'm pretty positive that's what they're going to do, just push a guy back. There were rumors that um, Eduardo Rodriguez would keep his spot in the rotation and they just move things around. I'd imagine Erod gets pushed to tomorrow night. If Erod's out there, though, great matchup versus the White Sox. So, just think about that. He's got to go search for him up top if he's pitching. If not, I still like Porcello. But back to the catchers. I can't pay 53 for Sanchez. Just can't do it. I can't pay 49 for Christian Vasquez. I know he's been playing well. But, man, these hot streaks. It, it's crazy what you're paying for some of these guys right now. Okay, Vas- Vasquez has played well 30, 12, 13, 22. Prior to that, he hasn't done anything. Threes and zeros. I'm sorry, 4900 not happening. Kurt Suzuki versus Alex Wood for No, let's just get to the guys we want. I'll stop ranting about. There's so many guys over 4K that is insane. One I do like, if you aren't using Matt Boyd, if you want to stack against him, I completely understand it. And a guy like Wellington Castillo at 43 is great. He crushes lefties. Great play. If he's not in the lineup, Caleb Joseph. Just like I said yesterday, Caleb Joseph got the start. Caleb Joseph went deep. Both of the Baltimore catchers love hitting lefties. They're both in play. Evan Gaddis at 42 versus Snell is outstanding. Snell, he's been pitching better of late, but he still has getting crushed by righties. Lots of power from the right-handed bats versus uh, Blake Snell. So Gaddis at 42 is a very nice play. If Austin Barnes gets to start for the Dodgers against Newcomb, 4,200, he is worth a look. Um, he's cooled off a little bit from that outstanding little run he had there in early July. Newcomb is better versus lefties, or I believe it's righties than lefties. Let me... Clear that up before I speak too much out of turn here. 
Yeah, lefties hit 337 off Newcomb. Righties only 313. Um, but the Dodgers' offense is insanity. And um, Barnes at 42 could be a nice play when people look at guys like Gaddis in that same range. Or a Buster Posey at 42 who's been swinging a really, really good bat. First base catcher eligible. He is worth a look there. Salvi Perez versus uh, Yavani Gallardo at 4K. He is in play. So you got a good group of guys right there between 4,000 and 4,200 if you're paying up. If you're paying down, you can go to the likes of um, John Hicks at 34 versus Tillman. We like him more versus lefties and righties, but he's worth a look. Jason Castro at 33 versus Griffin is in play. Yeah, if Caleb Joseph gets to start instead of Wellington Castillo, Wellington was 43. Joseph's 3,300. That's a really, really nice shift in things. Uh, Chirinos or Nicholas for Texas is 3K versus Alberto Mejia. So both those guys could be worth a nice lower-priced option, but it is a good pitching environment, but still, we know the drill. Uh, Wilson Ramos versus McHugh at 3K is not bad. I really like me some Tucker Barnhart against Chad Cool. Lefties love Chad Cool. $2,900. I've been playing Barnhart a lot uh, below 3K. His game logs have been great at 8 points last night, 9 the night before. His other 14. Uh, good little run here. And he's not as expensive as Christian Vasquez. He's 2900 He's 2K cheaper against, like I said, Chad Cool. Um, you got the Reds team total of... 415 lefties hitting 374 off cool so barnhart not a bad punt i wish he better higher in the lineup but is what it is then you go a little farther down you know probably not too much down here maybe um where was he at where was he at there he is i know he's slumping i keep saying it but uh, francisco cervelli is only 2300 bucks in the middle of that pirates order tremendous upside there and then see if Ryan LeVarnway is catching again. He, he caught last night against the lefty Moore because Maxwell usually is, faces the righties. Fagley's out. So if LeVarnway's in, he's 2K versus Ty Block uh, as the ultimate uber-cheap punt at catcher for the A's. Going to first base, uh, Votto versus Cool at 51 is very, very good. I already mentioned lefties versus Cool. Votto is an ultimate ball player. A brave at 5K is not bad, but I'd probably go elsewhere. Like I'd rather use Sunny or Carlos Santana versus Sunny Gray than a brave versus Porcello, which sounds weird. But I probably wouldn't use either. I'd start with uh, if you're not going Votto, Lucas Duda at 48 versus Colin McHugh is very very good. Duda has been on fire. Um, Rays team total 443, lefties 345, righties 329 off McHugh. Lucas Duda definitely in play. You got Bellinger at 48. Went ding dong last night. That was too easy. Uh, Brandon Belt's up to $4,600. Good matchup versus Graveman. And then you got some A's pen because, honestly, I don't know how deep Graveman's going to go. I think if I was reading the Nashville Sounds box scores. His last rehab start, uh, I think he went 81 pitches. And as a whole, his rehabs did not look good. Uh, he pitched four and two-thirds his last time out. Didn't get shelled. But his starts prior to that got beat up pretty good. So watch out for that. Uh, belt prior to the zero last night, 23-12-4-0-9-14-9. Uh, Interesting stuff there. It's a high price tag uh, for a guy hitting in San Francisco. I'd probably still go to Duda, but Belt at 46, not bad. Nicky Cabrera's price is up. Look at that. He's been so inconsistent against Chris Tillman. Might be worth it. Um, after Duda, you can always go Bellinger. But I'm looking Eric Hosmer, 4,400 versus Gallardo. Hosmer's been one of the hottest hitters in baseball. I think he was like 5,500 last night. Goes home to face uh, Yovani Gallardo, wind blowing out. 
492 total. Lefty's 328. Righty's 355. Hosmer at 44 is outstanding based on what his price has been and a matchup against Gallardo. We know Gallardo once in a blue moon looks just great, but I'm confused. This must be another pitching change or something because one, two, three, four, four straight games over 5K, even after that 46. So it's been five games since he's been this cheap and he's still been hitting. A little odd here in my mind, but 44 versus Gallardo. I like that a lot. Uh, Mitch Moreland's price skyrockets. Hits a home run, gets a 27 points, faces uh, Miguel Gonzalez tonight. Uh, when it comes to Big Miggy style, lefty's 321, righty's 315. I don't know if I want to pay that for Moreland. I'd rather pay it for Hosmer, but he is in play in that matchup. Trey Mancini versus Boyd. He's definitely one of those Baltimore bats to look at. If you're fading, Boyd, he's 4,300, first base outfield eligible, 14 points last night. He's averaging almost uh, 10 points his last 10 games. Swinging a really good bat, uh, lots of power in his bat. 4,300 is definitely worth a look there. Mentioned Posey at 42. E5, Edwin's 41 versus Gray. Remember the reverse splits with Sonny Gray. If you want to fade Gray, Edwin's one of the guys I would look at in that lineup. Um, if you're not using Duda, I mentioned the same thing yesterday. Even against the lefty, it didn't worry me because he shows power. Uh, Logan Morrison's 4100 You save, I think, it was at 700 bucks on Duda. I prefer Duda, but I have no problem with Lomo at all. 18 points last night. He's just been colder. Duda's been hot. You just play the hot streak if you want. Get contrarian with Lomo if you want. Either one is in play as Tampa. I like a lot versus McHugh tonight. I think that game stack should be in play uh, as well. Or just don't stack. I'm also, like I always say, I always say game stacks because a lot of guys like the stacks. I don't do a ton of stacking, but uh, maybe one, two, three guys at the most. But those are options. That's why I'm giving them to you. As you go down some more, you look at guys like uh, Chris Carter still in AAA, I think, right? Yep. Damn, that'd be a great matchup for Ty Block tonight. Uh, as you go down some more, you're in the, the threes now. Like a Louis Valbuena versus Jared Eikhoff. Valbuena's price was very, very high yesterday. You know, he's, he's not going to light the world on fire, but the power upside is there. A 4-5-3 total for the Angels is pretty good for that ball club. Righty's only hit 280 off Eikhoff. Eikhoff is really good versus righties, but lefties smoke him to a 352 clip. Uh, Valbuena will be – he's a great GPP play. He's 3700 bucks, averaging seven points his last 10 games. has three homers his last 10 games. Put up a goose egg last night. He's 0 2 7 um, Five, and then he then he was on his hot streak. So he's, he struggled his last few games. Interesting GPP option if you want to be contrarian uh, with upside against Eikhoff at 37. Maybe put Valbueno and Trout as a 1-2. Could be interesting. Just throwing it out there. Be very contrarian. If you want to be very contrarian, you go to a guy like Joe Maurer at 35. Doesn't have the homer upside, but has a couple base hits scoring runs upside. I'm not huge on it, but it's something to look at. Josh Bell, again, price is too cheap. Facing Romano, who can get hit just fine. Bell's 3,400. Power upside, averaging over seven points his last 10. Um, a Pirates facing Romano. Where'd you go? 4.85 total. Lefty's 3.25. Righty's 3.97. So Pirates, they'll be overlooked again. They've been overlooked a lot. Uh, they struggled against Homer Bailey, so maybe that helps why people overlooked them. But the matchups have been great. Staying consistent offense. Good price tag at 34. Another one I like a lot. Uh, Miggy was 45. V-Mart was hot a few weeks ago. He's slumping of late 4.4 points his last 10. But at 3,300 versus a pitcher like Chris Tillman, that is really good upside. Tigers total is 5 Lefties 3.48. Righties 3.45. V-Mart, 
at 3300 is really, really good value. I know I'm not the biggest VMart fan, but the upside, again, like against a guy like Tillman at 33, really good stuff there. So if you want to save money at first base and spend elsewhere, spend up for pitching, whatever, there are options here. Yuli Gurriel, 32 versus Snell is very, very solid. Ryan Healy went deep last night off of Moore. He's 31 versus Block. That's a really good play, first base, third base eligible. So lots of value at the uh, first base position as you dip down. Uh, obviously, powder up top as well. Going over to second base, leading off with Altuve. As usual, up 55. Outstanding play every night, but really tonight, really good play. Jose Ramirez at 52 is always worth the look. Jonathan Scope at 52 is in play. Um, Scooter Jeanette at 46. This is a night that Scooter is worth the look. The price tag is a little high for Scooter, but he's second base outfit eligible against Cool. So Scooter, maybe a Jeanette Votto one-two punch. You could always mix in Duvall and others. They have lots of power in that lineup, but uh, Jeanette at 46 is in play. Whip Merrifield at 44 is not bad. It's a little steep for my liking, but he's averaged over 10 points his last 10 games. Gets on, steals bases, scores runs, does what a leadoff man's supposed to do at 4,400. Uh, Robbie Cano, 42, still very cheap in my mind. This guy's just so good. So, so good. 4,200. Uh, if you want to do a one-off or a little fade of Alex Wood, I like Brandon Phillips at $4,100. Does hit lefties rather well this season and as a whole. Um, doesn't always go off, but an interesting play at 41. Kensler at 4K versus Tillman, very, very nice. Fading Tillman is a good thing. Um, hopefully Detroit gets overlooked. If you are fading Bridwell, Cesar Hernandez at 4K is not bad. I'd probably go elsewhere, but it's not horrible. It's got the upside we were looking for. And then you go down like Chad Pender, 32 versus Blocks is in play. Jed Lowry at 31 is in play. Those two A's. A's are cheap again, and they're facing a very bad pitcher. So Block has shown games where he's like, wow, where'd that come from? But as a whole, not, not good. So A's could be another play, but... Uh, I wouldn't go too heavy on them. As you can see, even last night, they did well, but they only scored four runs. One was on a two-run homer by uh, by Healy, so you got to be careful. We'll look for value when lineups come out. I didn't see too much that just stood out at the moment. Going over to third base, again, Jose Ramirez at 52. Eduardo Nunez swinging a good stick for Boston. I didn't like him last night uh, at his price. I would have 51 versus Miguel Gonzalez. He's worth a look, at least. I can go with that much. Yeah, Machado at 46. Castellanos at 46, both in play. Alex Bregman, I like that a lot at 4,600, definitely. Um, I wish he was higher up in the order. That part definitely stinks, but uh, Bregman at 46 is in play. There's a there's a lot to like here at third base tonight. After Bregman, you got Mike Moustakis at 44. Manning get him at 44 and Hosmer at 44. Really good stuff right there. Uh, Marvin Gonzalez is a switch hitter. Don't forget that. He's 44 versus Snell, third base outfield eligible. In play at Justin Turner at 43 versus Newcomb. Not bad. Longo versus McHugh at 42. Longo let me down last night versus Keuchel. Everyone else was hitting him, but man, he's been on fire. 10 points on average his last 10. Loving the playoff race. Tons of double-digit games out there against McHugh at 42 is definitely worth a look. Miguel Snow at 4,100 versus anybody's in play, or mostly anybody. So if you want to take a GPP flyer on a home run, he's worth it. Adrian Beltre versus Mejia, 41, is definitely in play. Don't mind that at all. Eugenio Suarez, cool, does very good against righties, so be careful there, but the power upside is always legit. Uh, Rafael Devers at 3,700 against Miguel Gonzalez. I like that quite a bit. Again, Louis Valbuena at 37, worth a look. 
in GPPs. <clears throat> Excuse me. As you go down some more, like David Fries at 32, some nice power value. Ryan Healy at 31, again, first base, third base. Healy's a very good punt at either position. Boomer bust, GPP stuff. Uh, Mikel Franco, only 29 versus Bridwell if you want to roll the dice on a long ball. Uh, it's a good pitching environment down there in Anaheim, but it's worth a look. And uh, your, your major punt at third base is you have uh, Matt Chapman at 24 with that power versus block. A lot to like. He's averaging almost seven points a game. He's averaging seven in his last 10, but I mean, on a season, he had 12 points last night. No one must be playing him because he's still so, so cheap. I know he's got a lot of offers in him, but so do half those guys in the 4,000 range. Um, you're getting a lot of upside with Chapman, especially against a guy like Ty Block. And then uh, Caleb Cowart, I mentioned him a lot. He's 2,000, good minor leaguer. He went deep last night for his first career home run. He's averaging 10.2 on the season. Uh, games of 14, 15, and 13 his last three, then a two, then a 15. So uh, double digits in uh, four of his last five. He's facing Eikhoff, who lefties have so much fun with. He bats at the bottom of the order, so it flips around. $2,000. There's a lot, a lot of upside in that matchup. Shortstop. Corey Seager at 54, yes. Lindor at 47. No, I could dabble if, against Gray, but there's other options probably. Like Elvis Andrews versus Mejia at 44, I like a lot. Um, Tim Beckham, I know he does well against lefties, but I just can't pay 44 for Beckham. I guess if you want to be uber contrarian in a GPP, you can, because we know he can take him deep, but that's a lot to ask. Um, a nice contrarian play would be Didi Gregarius against Kluber at 43, but be ready for the offer. But the upside is there in that matchup. Marcus Simeon at 37 versus Block, I like a lot. He does so well versus lefties. Um, Galvis at 35 is in play. Like that a lot as a, a one-off or something. Um, as you go down some more, like Adrianza maybe at 3K, second base shortstop. You got Mercer at 3K, hits righties really, really well. B. Craw, 3K versus Graven. He's batting fifth lately, so I know he's not lighting the world on fire. He's been better of late, averaging almost seven his last 10. He got 11 points last night. Um, he's hitting in the middle of the order for a punt. It's about all you can ask for, so that's pretty good to have those opportunities. Other than that, you know, like Tim Anderson versus Porcello at 25 is a potential punt. Uh, maybe see what else comes out in the lineups. Let's go to the outfield and wrap her up. Trout at 55. I don't care how good Eikhoff is versus righties. Trout is always in play. I said yesterday people would overlook him at 53. He went deep. I had him in a couple lineups. I only made three lineups. I've been doing a lot of just three lineups lately. I've been keeping it simple. Three maxes, single entries, and it's been working really well. The big payday won't be there because they're not GPPs, but it's been working rather well as a whole. I have at least one of the three that goes off every night, and uh, usually at least at worst break even, hopefully. So if not, I'll have a few big ones there, and it works out well. So Trout, 55, yes. McCutcheon at 54, not bad at all. I can definitely get behind that. Yeah, the Yankees are priced up. Gardner and Judge, 53 and 52 versus Kluber. They're not going to be owned at those prices. They wouldn't be owned much against Kluber, period, at those prices, not at all. So if you want to be super contrarian, the way starters are getting knocked around this week, I have no problem with you stacking Yankees. They've been so bad. It's just it's a risk I'd rather take with some other guys like a Valbuena or a Coward or something like that and save money with the same risk, in my opinion. Nunez at 51, I mentioned, not bad for Boston. He's third base outfield. You got Zimmer at 5K. Justin Upton at 5K. He has earned the price tag. Remember when we were playing him in the low threes, mid to low threes? He's been really, really good. 5K versus Tillman is in play. Mookie Betts at 5K. Um, 
Nelly Cruz at 48. Adam Duvall at 48. I don't good against righties, but I don't mind it as much. Billy Hamilton at 47, leading off for cool has some nice upside. Uh, Lurie Garcia's price keeps skyrocketing. He hasn't been doing that. I can't. I can't pay that price for him. He was below 3K a while back. He is leading off. He has been playing okay, but still in like five or six points a game, not for 4,600. Scooter Jeanette's 46. Uh, Yasiel Puig at 46 for Snookum's not bad. Also, Kiki Hernandez outfield shortstop at 46. I don't really like paying 46 for Kiki, but he is an option. Even though lefties do hit Nukem better than righties, I, I'd, I'd rather have Puig if I'm going to go there. Mentioned Belt at 46. C. Dick at 45 is a nice play versus McHugh tonight, especially leading off. Um, getting that table set. Uh, Jake Marisnik, right-handed bat versus Snell at 45. That price tag has skyrocketed as well. My God. Barman Gonzalez, 44. I do like a lot. Trey Mancini at 43. I like a lot. These are good values right here. Uh, Gregory Polanco back from the DL yesterday. Didn't do much. We know he's a boomer bust. Really has not had a good year. He's going to be 43 and low owned if you want to take that gamble. Uh, Carlos Gomez versus Mejia at 42 is okay. Inconsistent, but okay. Chris Taylor, second base outfield for the Dodgers at 42. I don't mind. Michael Brantley's 4K versus Grace. These are values the Indians I can look at, unlike the Yankees. What about Herrera, 4K versus Bridwell, if you want to go that direction? I do like Melky Cabrera at 39 versus Gallardo. That um, hitting at the top of that order. You could probably do like a Cabrera, Hosmer, Moustakis, three-man. Don't hate it. I like just a Moustakis, Hosmer by itself. I'm all about that. I've been doing that a ton You've heard me talk about those guys. I've been raving about them. But you can sprinkle in some Melky if you want. He's been in the middle of the order with them. Starling Marte at 39. I can definitely get behind that. He's been getting on and playing pretty well lately. Um, as you go down some more, Jackie Bradley's only 37 versus Miguel Gonzalez. That's got some nice upside. Uh, he has been slumping only 4.6 his last 10. But uh, upside versus Miguel Gonzalez. Probably Grossman at 36 is worth a look. Adam Jones' price tag still low. I know he's slumping. I get it. He is in a massive cold spell for at least like a week. But 3,600 leading off versus Matt Boyd does have its perks. Same with Ben Benintendi. He's been in a massive slump. Longer than Adam Jones. He's 36 versus Miguel Gonzalez. Just upside looks. You know, these guys are cheap. And we know what that they can, the games they can have. As you go down some more in the lower 3K range, you're looking at guys like if you want to punt one with Alex Gordon at 34. He's been playing really well. I can understand that. The line of the shields leads off for his lefties for the Rangers. He's 34. He did go deep yesterday. Very inconsistent this year, but worth a look. Hunter Pence swinging it a little better of late. Not great, but better. He's 34 versus Graveman and, and uh, Denard Span 34 as well, both in play. Rajay Davis hits lefties very well. He's 34 versus block. So those three members of the Bay Bridge series at 3,400. Just know the ballpark is not the best for the bats. Uh, Eddie Rosario at 33 with some power upside. Malik Smith, he's been batting far in the order, though, so his value goes away. If he's towards the top, he's good at 33. Down below, not so much. Um, Max Kepler at 31 versus Griffin is very, very intriguing. I know he's... Not lighting the world on fire like he was earlier. Only averaging 3.7 his last 10, but the power is real. Facing Griffin, who lefties can't hit, 31, there is upside. Jesse Winker's been batting second for the Reds with Shebler out. Um, he's been crushing it since he came back. His two games back, 16 points, 19 points. He's homered in both games since his return. 
He's not going to homer in every game. But 3,100 versus Cool, who lefties crush. He's batting second in front of Votto behind Hamilton. Super cheap. He is worth a look at 3,100 bucks. Ben Revere led off last night for the Angels. Got you 12 DraftKings points. Last three games, 12, 11, 12. You want to go back four, nine. So almost 10 or more in four straight. He's 3,100 versus uh, Eikhoff, who left these do hit well. He could be an intriguing punt play. Brandon Moss at 3K with a power upside versus Gallardo. Some nice value down below here. Um, if you go even farther down, a guy like Jim Aducci. Uh, he's a left-handed bat in the Detroit lineup. He's uh, against Tillman. He's only 2,900 as a potential punt. Uh, he's like an all-or-nothing punt, so it's not it's something to look at for sure. Uh, Cole Calhoun's day-to-day. If he cracks the lineup, he's only 2,700 versus Eikhoff. That's got upside. Adam Engel, 26 versus Porcello. He's not the greatest, but he's worth a look if you need to really, really dumpster dive. Other than that... Yeah, I should do it. We'll look and see what comes out in the lineups. There's always something that sneaks up at all these positions that we can get into. So there you have it. Your pitchers, again, Clue bought by himself. You got Porcello, or in the middle, Bridwell, Porcello, Gray. Down below, Boyd, Cahill, Griffin, Mejia. Um, some good, good, interesting pitching decisions to be made. Uh, let's look at the BVP today. Early on. Yeah, like Matt Carpenter, I said I did like seven for twenty-seven with two doubles, but nothing crazy there. Uh, ben Zobris eight for twenty-five with a double and a triple off of Granky. That's about it from that one. JD Martinez nine for twenty-eight with a double and a triple versus Quintana. That's about it really there for decent samples. When you're looking at uh, the Tigers versus Tillman. No one's hitting over 300, but 278 for Miggy at 5 for 18 with a double on a homer. Kinsler's 287 for 25 with a double on a homer. V-Mark 278, 5 for 18 with a double. Tillman's been worse than ever right now. Hanley versus Miguel Gonzalez, 3 for 10 with two two homers. Mitch Moreland, 5 for 14 with a homer. Uh, Yomer Sanchez, 4 for 9 with two doubles off Porcello. Abreu, 4 for 13 with a homer. Michael Brantley, 6 for 16 with two doubles off Sonny Gray. Edwin has taken him deep in 21 at-bats. Brett Gardner, 4 for 11 with a homer off Kluber. None of these are super exciting sample sizes. Um, Jason Castro. This is intriguing. Against A.J. Griffin, Jason Castro of all guys, 6 for 18. He was like 2900 bucks. 6 for 18 with a double and four home runs off Griffin. Jason Castro. He's not a big home run guy, and he's hit four of them off Griffin. That's an intriguing look right there. Intriguing. Very small sample, but Evan Gaddis 3-for-3 off of Blake Snell with a double and a homer. I told you how much I liked him if you're paying up at the catcher's position. Another one to like here, Logan Morrison. I said if you wanted to save on Duda, Logan Morrison against Colin McHugh, 4-for-13. It's a 308 average. Small sample, I know, but all four of those hits are home runs. Lomo. The Milkman, 5-for-11 off Gallardo. Stock is three for six with a homer. Uh, okay, Kyle Seeger four for eight with two doubles and a homer off Cahill. Cano seven for 14 with three doubles and a homer. Those are things to look at. It's Carlos Rees even four for 12 with a double and a homer. And as you go down some more, not too much else. A Crawford three for four with a double, not big sample sizes anywhere else. Uh, when you're stacking, I do like. Um, 
some of the Rangers versus Mejia. I do like Mejia as an option, but if you want to fade him, I get it. Um, left-handed Twins bats versus AJ Griffin. But when you go down, you, you obviously um, Boston versus Miguel Gonzalez is a nice play. 5-8-1 total, highest on the evening at the moment. Baltimore versus Boyd. I like Boyd a lot, but we know he's going to give up some runs and maybe even a home run or two. Righties do hit 351 off them, and there were some value out there. Not a ton, but like Mancini at 43 is value. And then the catchers there, Machado wasn't bad. Scope's high, but he's earned it. Uh, Tigers versus Tillman, I like a lot. 5-1-0 total. Lefties, 348. Righties, 345. Astros, righties versus Snail hitting 341. We like that. Um, you can use the Dodgers against anybody if you want, but I'll probably go elsewhere tonight, to tell you the truth. I haven't used them a lot lately besides Bellinger one-offs. Royals versus Gallardo, 328 lefties, 355 righties. Big on the Royals tonight. I like them a ton against Gallardo. And it might backfire, but I do like them a lot. Pirates for Salermano, I like a lot as well. Lefties, 325. Righties, 397. Um, I just hope they don't sleep. But, like, Marte was only 3,900. McCutcheon was expensive, rightfully so. But you can get some other cheap options out of that Pirates lineup. And then you go down. You like left-handed Angels. Bats are sneaky, plus Trout, of course, against Iacoff. Lefties at 352. The Rays versus McHugh, I love. Lefties, 345. Righties, 329. And, yeah, you could go with some A's or Giants if you want. There's little things there, but those are my main ones. I think Rays and uh, Pirates and Royals could be the lower-owned sneaky ones, and, and the Angels extremely sneaky. And then you got your normal, like, uh, Astros, which I like, Orioles, Tigers, stuff like that. So a lot to like, as usual, on your slate. You got three game early. Remember, Waka, Quintana, most likely, or Granky. Get your bats. St. Louis is cheap compared to others. But on the main slate, 10 games to attack. Lots to like. Check us out at uh, at these sports DJs on Twitter, thesportsdegens.com. Um, the golf has kicked off. Hope you guys enjoyed that stuff. Thanks for all the feedback there. Around the Bases, episode 23 with Bubba and Mo is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spreaker. Article on the site later today. Um, EPL, I told you we had a guy. Squanto8 has joined the crew. He has his week one EPL bets out. He mentioned in the write-up. Things change throughout the week. Line movements change. He will update as he sees fit, either on his Twitter handle or on the write-up if he can. He'll also be doing EPL DFS. He'll bring that out closer to the actual event. So a lot to like there. We'll have, you know, Francesco back when Italia Serie A starts. Tons to like. Bunch of football stuff in the works right now. But for now, let's get at it. MLB DFS style. Three game early. Ten game late. Uh, hit me up on Twitter with any questions. At BDNTrick. But this was... MLB, DFS Quick Hits, your Thursday, August 3rd edition. I'm out.